0: Welcome to Whatever we Show,
1: episode number 66. Um, we're back from winter break? Yeah, we, we, we took a little bit of a, of a hiatus and uh, had a, a, a Christmas with our families, individual family, that is. Um, and then uh, I took off right after that and went on a little family vacation um, over the coast, so I was gone for several days. Yep, sent me pictures, looked really cool. Yeah. I just sat there and cursed you silently. Literally, like, first time I've ever actually stayed at the beach... Like and yeah. and had like a view of just ocean right outside. And what's crazy is because we're in the winter time, high tide and whatnot, uh, when it comes in it literally comes in all the way up to the wall uh, wow. you know, where our condo was sitting on um, and, and shit. So like you'd see waves and, and whatnot. Um Oregon Coast, not known for, you know, its, it's blue and warm waters and all that kind of stuff. It was uh you know, roiling. There'd been an earthquake apparently that day. Wow. Uh, that's several miles offshore and whatnot. It was like a 4.4 and, and stuff, and so I don't know if that had to do with the anchor. Just enough to piss the ocean off? Yeah. Um, it was pretty rad, though, because we went to Depot Bay. Was it the second day we were there, I think? And uh, we drove down and, and uh, spouting horn, like the the, mm-hmm. the little wall, the rock wall that you can walk up against and everything like that, like shit was coming up and it was just like spraying like a 100 feet in the air and Whatnot? it was it was pretty rad wow the kids really really enjoyed it see that's that's cool for your family because my wife's been like go home now
0: (laughs) we're we're not going to be eaten by this goddamn tsunami
1: yeah no emmy emmy was a little bit scared of having a tsunami like one of the nights we were there i think it was our first or second night maybe yeah and uh and then we were just like no it's it's fine and then the next day is when we saw that and she was like she couldn't get close enough to it she's like this is awesome i'm like you were terrified last night (laughs) yeah so that's pretty rad um and i'm super jealous still
0: whatever uh so we got some cool stuff to talk about we've got uh, you know a couple weeks and it's not been a very busy christmas break but there were certainly some big events that we we're going to talk about uh in the star wars universe of course and uh you know some sad stuff some good stuff in there hang hang with us though you got a whole bunch of dc tvs uh, uh tv rumors and a whole bunch of dc stuff coming at you um marvel has some new deadpool stills coming at us and jk Rowling is going to come out with some new books gonna talk about all that and more if you want to follow along with the show you can go to whatevery.co slash 66 and find the show notes for this um or you know scroll down in your podcast player because we, we put that in there every week so
1: yeah yeah um so before we jump right into things and, and you know get too depressed and whatnot yeah um i
0: got you a present you got me a present well, now I feel like a dick because I didn't bring anything
1: good over here. Well, except for more beer. I'm a better friend, but yeah, that's, 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 that's true. the point. It's but true.
0: Happy birthday, Merry Christmas. Oh yes, <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, I, I I got K, K2SO here, um, and he's got zip line action. So I got a pretty sweet K2SO here, and uh, I guess the next time I come over, I'm gonna have to you know look for another Funko or something like that. <laughs> you, you're gonna need a bigger <laughs> shelf though, pretty soon. Dude, yeah, this looks I'm really gonna cool. I'm not going to
1: lie. I bought one
0: for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice.
1: Um, uh, K2SO. He's not balanced at all, so uh, if you're worried about, like, display, like, you might want to just keep him in the package because he, he yeah, won't just stand up on Yeah, just stick him own. up there. Perfect. No, that's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, all right, let's, let's get to the show. <laughs> all right. Um, so... I guess we better address the elephant in the room as it were. So, yeah. Um 2016 has been a terrible year uh for everyone, especially if you've made any money singing or acting <laughs> ever in your life. <laughs> yep. Um and so we were hit with some super depressing news um this week and uh uh I'm I'm talking of course about um Agatha Cromwell, the grandma from Halloween Town
0: it's very sad also known
1: also known as as uh debbie reynolds and also known as the mother of carrie fisher who sadly passed away the day before debbie reynolds did yeah so that was a poor attempt at humor uh when it comes (laughs) to dead people i was like you know dude don't forget the priest from mash he just died too that today yesterday
0: yesterday like the last the last of 2016 like the reaper getting his kicks in or something like that um Yeah. Um, Yeah, this this is a fucking tragedy. So, number one, um, we've talked a lot about, you know, the celebrity deaths. We usually give them a little bit of time at the beginning of each episode. And uh, I don't think, though, that any one of them has hit me nearly as hard as this one. Like, no question. This is the one that
1: that really, really bothers me. No, and I kind of mentioned Debbie Reynolds first just because of the fact that. um,
0: We're not, you know, huge Debbie Reynolds fans. I don't think so.
1: Well, she's been in a lot of shit. Like, she's been acting for years and whatnot, but nothing nearly as impactful as as what carrie fisher was to our generation um so we thought that it would be uh a, a good cathartic thing if we um sat around and shared stories about the first time that we masturbated to princess leia <laughs> or the last time which i mean f- it was a long car ride over here folks <laughs> <laughs> uh and he had a slave leia car freshener hanging from the yep from the dome light, I mean she chokes that slug, you know she's kinda into it
0: all right, um <laughs> <laughs> this is this is okay, there's gonna be lots and lots of memorials, and there already have been lots of memorials of Carrie Fisher, and this has gotta be the worst one
1: um I think it's I think it's nothing that Carrie wouldn't have said about herself though, if you've listened to anything that she's done uh in an interview or at a comedy central roast or anything like that over the last several years um. It's, it's very apparent that Carrie had a good sense of humor about not only, um, herself and the things that she's been through in life and whatnot, but her fans and all that kind of stuff as well. So I, normally I would feel bad talking like this about somebody who, who has recently passed and whatnot, but I, I she would have said it too. Yeah.
0: So the funny thing is
1: that that, that, Man, lots of stuff is going to get said
0: about Carrie, and, and, you know, we all sit around and pretend like we know her because, uh, for a, a particular, you know, group of nerds, which at this point is like most of us, you know, most, most of people who, who enjoy sci fi in any shape or capacity have probably in some way been, uh, shaped or influenced by Carrie Fisher. Uh, and, and, you know, of course, us especially, I mean, I mean, you know Matt and I think both really grew up on Star Wars and that's probably one of the first experiences we really have that you know kind of shaped who we are as people and really got us into all this kind of nerdy shit we talk about every week um and of course Carrie Fisher is a huge part of that and uh well you know we we primarily know her as Princess Leia one of the things that I really really liked about her is that off screen um she she's just an outspoken woman. Like I, I I love, you know, just like what you were saying. Yeah. We're sitting here making dirty jokes about princess Leia, but I kind of get the feeling Carrie is the type of person that would laugh and then tell an even better one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that one of the funny stories that's getting circulated about Carrie uh, recently is, um, she's got this anecdote that basically ends in and and tell anybody, no matter how I die, tell everybody, you know, I wanted on my, on my epitaph that, uh, I was uh, strangled by moonlight or, Drowned in moonlight, strangled by my own bra. Um, and that, of course, famously goes back to the story uh, that George Lucas about George Lucas telling her uh, you can't wear underwear in space. No panties, no bra, uh, because it's not, um, you know, that that wouldn't work in space and there's no space bras or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And we we know George is just being pervy, but come on. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, you know she's you know going going on about how yes, of course we're going to be out in space and I'm going to be strangled by my own bra uh, um, in the moonlight or something like that. So
1: of course that that story has been worked out you know millions of times and I'm horribly butchering it, uh, but I'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah, um, Kevin Smith, he's the one that always makes me cry basically anytime one of these celebrities dies, especially somebody that he had contact with. When Alan Rickman went at the beginning of 2016, um, he wrote a really touching story about Alan and. Um, actually couldn't get through his own podcast, uh, when he was talking, talking about it without, uh, choking up, uh, which I thought was really, uh, really touching. And then, um, after Carrie died, I, I had almost forgotten that she was in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, and he told a really, really cool story about how she refused any kind of payment whatsoever for it, other than there was these two chairs that she really wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was, that was basically what, it, what it, what it cost to get her to do his movie was he had to buy these two chairs for her because she felt like they were, uh, that's good. A, a good, uh, example of, of how that works. I, I'm not telling the complete story because I wasn't there and I, I can't do it, but it's on his Instagram or his Facebook or whatever. If you want to check it out, it's, it's pretty pretty fucking hilarious so yeah
0: so um you know i don't know I, there's there's not a whole lot we can go on about this uh um and there's like i said there's plenty of people i think who are going to do a much better job of this and, and i feel a little bit uh i don't know a little bit of schadenfreude uh schadenfreude whatever about you know sort of going on and on about a, a celebrity death somebody i've never really met uh but i think when it comes down to it you know she, she had an impact on us as people on me as a person. Certainly. Uh, I, I especially like, you know, we talk about feminism sometimes on the show and, and, you know, other trips and stuff like that in movies. And, you know, Carrie Fisher is probably one of the first major feminist roles or feminist characters. So in spite of the fact that, you know, obviously there was some misogyny going on behind the scenes and her not being allowed to wear underwear and sticking her in the gold bikini and all that. Um, She's really kind of one of the first feminist icons. I mean, she was the first woman woman who didn't really need to be rescued, who wasn't, you know, just
1: a damsel in distress, uh, and kicked ass. It's, I mean, it's telling that when Mel Brooks did the Spaceballs, uh, you know, parody movie that the, uh, Vespa character. Yeah. That was obviously based on Princess Leia. Like the only thing he could do was make her even more. Yeah, of a badass than than Carrie already was we're on just, screen. So. We're gonna put John McClane in a dress, and that's our Vespa. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a lot to make fun of about the Princess Leia character. So that's that's what Mel Brooks did was he just made her even tougher. <laughs> yeah, and then
0: of course, uh, you know, off screen, Carrie, Carrie, I think was. um
1: you know, uh,
0: one of those people that you know was probably even tougher off screen uh she she's a person who's had a history of addiction which she goes on and and she's not shy about telling you about she's you know had uh had struggles with bipolar, being bipolar and all that kind of thing and she's just a very very honest about all that very candid uh and you know that I think is refreshing and um I'm fortunate that i that I don't have that uh in my own life, but if I did you know I'd be really glad to have a person around like her talking about that uh and, and you know normalizing that so you don't you know I'm sure you probably feel like an outcast about all those little things, so
1: yeah uh <laughs> her um did you ever see her at the at the roast for Roseanne, not for Roseanne, I just watched the 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 one for uh Lucas the other day the the Roseanne one was good, and Seth Green was there, and of course Seth Green is a huge nerd as well and and mm-hmm. whatnot and and he she comes out and was talking about how he had approached her backstage and was going on and on about how how, how much he loved star wars and she goes and apparently i was in star wars <laughs> <laughs> she she ended the
0: the george lucas or the the lucas rose was sort of in there the same way so yeah uh and i i fucked some guy to get the job and and somebody please tell me it was george cuz otherwise i don't have any idea who it was <laughs> yeah yeah uh and, and it's kind of funny because George looks a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> when she says that.
1: yeah it's probably true. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, it, th- here's the thing. Like you said, we normally don't spend this much time on celebrity deaths because we try and and have a little bit more of an upbeat uh, flow going on and stuff. But the thing is, and I can't speak for you on this, but like Princess Leia legitimately was my first on-screen crush. For sure. So... Dude, she, she it's, got so many guys through it's, puberty. It's, it's probably ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super weird that, that like she's, she's gone now. I mean, she's not been 19 year old Carrie Fisher for a lot of years, but <laughs> no, at the same point, it's just, she's always been Carrie Fisher and yeah. she's, she's now she's gone. So, uh, yeah, it's been a tough week. Yeah. Kids, kids were pretty shaken up by it too. Cause they're, you know, Fans. 11 and 12 and yeah but i mean they're yeah like the first thing all of my kids like when i bring them home from the hospital like for the first time like that's what we do is we watch the star wars movies <laughs> <laughs> not I'm, kidding i'm so glad that's your ritual i'm so glad it is and now i'm a little disappointed because i don't think i
0: really had any first first it's day it's bad home. that i've had enough kids that i have a ritual but yeah, yeah well I mean, I mean i i've got the i've got the three kids too but our ritual is usually like come home and try to fucking sleep uh so there's not really never much about anything. That. yeah
1: I never worried about that. Carrie did enough coke during the filming of Jedi for all of us, so we don't have to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can spot the coke nail. We talked about that on the show. Um, yeah. I, well, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but yeah. You, you we definitely, we, we definitely talked like, about it. There's, there's one particular scene when they're, um, on Endor and she's like leaning against Han and she's totally fucking gone. Mm hmm. Like. <laughs> Like, I don't know if that was, she was coming down or what, I don't <laughs> so know what drug she was on. Just that like, somebody prop carry plan, up because we got to get this scene done. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Y- so. You know,
0: and it sounds probably like we're making fun, but again, this is, this is the
1: type of person I think she was. Like she, she would sit here and she'd laugh about it too. Well, and it's funny because if you look at that, like that's okay. So she's got the coke nail and then like, there's that one scene where you can tell she was obviously like out of her head, but the rest of the time she's on screen, she's actually Fucking acting her ass off and doing a really mm-hmm. good job. So I mean, it's it's. I mean, you can down on, be down on somebody for having a habit, but when it comes down to showing up for work, she showed up for work. Yeah, for sure. So uh yeah uh, i don't know that
0: there's anything else i can say i just other than you know this is this is probably the first loss of 2016 uh in, in outside of my personal life that that i've really felt uh you know and that that's saying
1: something because 2016 has been a right dick about all of this so yeah 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 and and of course we did mention debbie reynolds ahead of that um and, and yeah just that's a little fucking bit, tragedy i, I, died I talked the next a little day yeah and obviously debbie reynolds uh for those of you who aren't in attention is carrie fisher's mom and um for all intents and purposes, it seems like the stress of, of trying to organize the funeral for Carrie um kind of sent her over the edge and she had a stroke and, and didn't make it. She was sent to Cedar Sinai and, and, and passed away at the hospital. So Yeah. Um too bad. Because obviously she was a legit actress as well. So another um I read this I think in one of the Reddit comment threads for this
0: but uh for for when Reynolds died and they were saying how Carrie would always complain about her mom trying to upstage her <laughs> and and so there's a little bit of morbid humor
1: in and, and you know Carrie dies and her mom's like well see, we'll see about that you know yeah um and for those of you who really don't maybe know who Debbie Reynolds is uh or are as familiar she's been in some things over the last few years that um all of us I think probably the younger generation anyway um, uh, like I said, she was Agatha Cromwell, uh, from the Halloween Town movies, the, the, the grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also, um uh, Kim Possible's nana on Kim Possible. Um, and then of course, uh, for those of you who are maybe a little bit older, um, she was Lulu Pickles from Rugrats. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, for the grownups, uh, she played, uh, Grace's mom from Will and Grace. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's just a few of the things that she's done in the last uh you know 10 years and she's been acting since 1948 she's got a ton of so. credits
0: like I, I at first i like i can obviously recognize the name and i knew what it was about but uh i couldn't really place her in any of her roles but you look at her imdb page and she she's She's done a lot of shit. Like, uh, another really unfortunate, uh, uh, loss this year. Um, you know, clearly a talented woman. So, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, it, it may amplifying the tragedy. I think, you know, passing away so soon after her daughter. So, uh, anyway, let's, let's sign off on this. I just want to, you know, of course, our hearts and, and thoughts go out to, uh, um, their, she, their family the
1: dam in, in the English dub version of uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, huh? Which, if you've ever watched an anime, like, you've probably seen that one because it's, one of the most vanilla animes you can get, but it's super readily available. So weird. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So let's move on to some
0: positive news. We have some positive star Wars news or at least some star Wars news, whether you find it positive or not, I guess we'll,
1: we'll, we'll talk about, but I actually do.
0: Yeah. Rogue one uh, used to have Jedi. Um, This, this story comes to us from heroic Hollywood, and uh, I didn't read it, but I, I think probably most of it's on the tin there. And so, what's curious about this
1: uh, um, is how the fuck were they gonna try to fit that shit in there? Like, yeah, so there was there was apparently gonna be some kind of little side story about um, about a rogue Jedi that that managed to make it through the purge and whatnot, and that was gonna be somewhat involved in the whole thing. Um, and I'm kind of glad they didn't go there. Yeah, me too. I was just gonna say unequivocally, I'm really glad that they didn't try to do that. Yeah. Um, I I think the story in Rogue One really worked. Yeah, for um, sure. Without Jedi, I mean, minus the big like seven foot tall Dark Jedi. Yeah. But
0: you know, I'm going to go even further in and say that I think it would have been almost detrimental. No, it, it would have been detrimental to the story uh, and w- the overall feel of the movie if they had tried to include that. Like I think g- going with the um what's this fuck? The the uh, I'm one with the force the forces with me yeah, yeah. um including the monk was probably as far down that path they needed to go. <clears throat> And I like getting that aspect too like some uh force sensitive you know force related uh uh or jedi related thing without getting you know full blown jedi um but I really think it probably would have been detrimental to the movie overall and its feel because the the movie had a, a feel that was very different for the uh you know traditional saga movies that we've seen that you know are centered you know around the jedi and so taking it out 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 a little bit you know going out a ring from from sort of the central story
1: i think was one of the things that really worked about rogue one so yeah yeah and here's the thing rogue one and i don't use this term lightly rogue one is empire good that that's that's controversial but i don't disagree um so doing something that would jeopardize that i think is a terrible idea
0: I mean, it's easy to say now, but I mean, throwing, but.
1: throwing stuff in there that's essentially like, okay, The Force Awakens, that was our fan service movie. Like, they could have put everything in there. They they essentially did. They could though. have thrown a Death Star into the Star Killer <laughs> 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 to kill it. And I would have been like, you know what? That's cool. I'm fine yeah. with it because this feels more like Star Wars than anything we've ever had. Um, You know, well, not ever, but since since Jedi and whatnot. um but this story had to be a story that could hold up on its own. Yeah. Um, and I think the, I think what they did absolutely did that. Um, and adding fan service for the sake of fan service would have taken away from that quite a bit.
0: Yeah. See, there was a little bit of fan servicey things in, in rogue one, which were so subtle, like in, 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 uh, cameos and whatnot. Yeah. The cameos, the little bits here and there. Um, but it really didn't turn that the movie on into that, which I, I liked. Um, and yeah, let, let's face it. The Force Awakens, I think, is exactly the movie it needed to be. It needed to get people interested in Star Wars and let them know that, no, we're making Star Wars movies again. This isn't, this isn't a prequel trilogy. This isn't going to be one of those weird things like that. It, and so it didn't really bother me that it was, you know, I, I'll say this without hopefully it sounding too terrible, but derivative. I mean, it was very derivative of, of
1: especially A New Hope.
0: Um, but I think that was the right call. I think that was the right way to go.
1: Well, and here's the thing. Luke's journey to become a Jedi... Was hampered by the fact that Ben died mm-hmm. um in, in episode four. And then, of course, um, when he goes back to complete his training on Dagobah and Jedi, um, he loses Master Yoda before he really feels like his, his training has been complete. Um, I think the idea that there would have been another Jedi out there would have really not been good for that aspect of, of the, the journey for Luke. You know... I, Obviously I, he could have died in rogue one and probably would have if if he'd have been in here, but just that he was there i I'm, I'm I'm not buying it as as a fan you know what I mean like it's just it's, it's not something that I feel like would have been the right decision, so I'm glad they didn't do
0: it well yeah again, I think it just the feel of rogue one would have been something completely different if they did decided to do include Jedi that said as much as I'm not sure i I want them to I definitely don't think that we're not gonna get more jedi. Um and possibly more old Jedi. So obviously, um, you know, Luke was trying to rebuild the Jedi Order um prior to events of Force Awakens, and that's sort of a, a major major massive plot point. And I can only presume that at some point, you know, by the time we get to episode uh, you know, say ten, eleven, twelve, we're gonna get um some new Jedi and new. You gonna Jedi get ten Order. eleven and twelve? Oh, I think so. You think so? I think they're gonna do this I, I think they've gotta do at least one more uh saga set, like you know, they're, they're saying they're going to do a movie a year or something like that until probably until it doesn't make money anymore, which God knows when that's going to be. Um, but I definitely think we're going to get another trilogy set. And what's going to be interesting the, to uh, about that to me is um, we're going to get, I think, further and further out from the Skywalkers that we care about. So, I mean, I guess and, and you know, we haven't talked about this in a long time, but rewatching The, the uh, Force Awakens, especially so close to having watched the original trilogy this week. Raise a Skywalker. No doubt about it.
1: Oh, I don't think there's any, any question.
0: Yeah, zero question. She's a Skywalker. So. I- What'll be interesting to me is if they decide to you know like is this really a, you know um the the whole you know six movies that we've got so far essentially are Skywalker stories, and I'm wondering how long that's gonna continue so that's my big question mark for episode ten eleven twelve Is it gonna be another Skywalker story or are they gonna go off in a different direction with it a little bit? And so there's a lot of interesting things I could do they could do there um but I'm just curious it, when when you think about Star Wars, are we really thinking about Skywalkers? Or are we thinking about a you know particular aesthetic feel, et cetera? with the movies, so.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm curious, too, um, especially with Carrie uh, Fisher having passed this week, um, I know her role is significant in Episode 8 compared to Episode 7. Yeah. Um, I don't know what an impact this has on Episode 9, because I don't know how significant her role was in 8, whether or not... I'm uh, curious as well, because you
0: know, she's been done filming since June or something like that, so presumably Episode 8 is
1: done. And uh, Yeah, they said they didn't think that they they weren't planning on having her back for reshoots or anything like that even before. So, and the big question mark now is going to be
0: um, how they handle this in the story. I think, Um, you know, they've done various things like this in the past uh, or various movie trilogies have had to go through these types of things. Uh, You know, for example, the Nolan trilogy, you know, famously Heath Ledger died uh, after filming the dark Knight. you know, giving one of the, you know, to date the best Joker performance probably ever and uh you know so the way that they handled that in the 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 third one was just we're not going to talk about it even a little bit like it's just done it's not a thing that we talk about in the end uh and they did that cuz they you know i guess yeah. wanted to respect the character and i'm curious how they're going to handle this
1: in episodes 8 and 9 um i presumably have to they're not gonna, it in 9 yeah cuz she's not going to be there for that episode 8 she is hugely part of that movie so
0: i just you know i First off, I, I don't think there is going to be a, necessarily a right way to go about this. Like, it could be entirely possible that Episode Eight goes out with no changes, and Episode Nine, you know, it's just explained she died off screen, and you know, there is a you know major tribute or something like that within the movie. But I'm, I'm I am I am thinking that's the, got the direction
1: p- I go if it's up to me. Uh, you don't change anything about the movie that you did, and because you don't want to appear patronizing. And that's- you
0: see, that's the tricky bit is I'm not sure how they meaningfully write because there's, there's sort of the story elements of, you know, if we're going to write this character, how would you do that the best? If, if you know, like uh, obviously, uh, you know, spoilers, but if how you haven't seen The Force Awakens by now, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but Han Solo dies in, in The Force Awakens and that, that was that was clearly um written long ahead of time. And obviously Harrison Ford's still fine uh fingers crossed um Harrison Ford's still fine Uh um and that was just for part of the story that they were going to do that so if they're going to do the same thing with with uh Leia if they if Leia was going to die on screen in some way um and that was already pre-planned which I doubt I don't think that they were planning on having her character die in episode eight Uh, you know obviously I know nothing and I haven't seen the movie but um it seems to me like she was going to go through this entire trilogy and probably make it out in the end just fine um but it just, for, for the story purposes, how do you do that meaningfully? And then, of yeah. course, there's the real world aspect of, but we all know, like, we all know Carrie Fisher died. And so we're all, you know, you want to be sensitive about that type of thing, too. And that's, you know, kind of why I would say at, at, you know, just let eight be the movie it was going to be. And episode nine, you're going to have to, you know, basically exp- explain in some manner, uh,
1: that, that, you know, Leia, Leia has died essentially. So, um, as long as eight doesn't end with her being captured. Yeah, and held by the enemy, and like that <laughs> is the entire plot point behind nine is rescuing Leia. <laughs> then I, I, I think you can do that. Well, if it was, it's not now. <laughs> I mean, see, but the other scary thing too here is,
0: like, let's just get really cynical because we've already seen a CG Leia. Do we think it's beyond the realm of possibility that they don't do another CG Leia? Uh,
1: I'm not going that direction. I mean, they, it, it, I it definitely. Me. It's I not, mean, I'm just saying. It,
0: I think that'd be kind of tasteless. But uh, you know those those are things that now that are possible, and you know it would be kind of tasteless. But on the other hand, uh, we didn't seem to mind when they they you know threw Tarkin in Rogue One.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. I've I've heard some flack about that from some people, but I'm, um, I mean it is I, what it is. I mean
0: it's an interesting realm we live in now that that uh, the studios own your likeness forever essentially. <laughs> Like Tarkin's gonna be in movies, or you know, uh, Tarkin could be in movies for the next twenty years, uh, even though he's
1: been dead for as long. I was explaining that to my mom. I was like, "Peter Cushing died right after uh, a New Hope, f- like wrapped, so he's been dead for since seventy seven, seventy eight, and uh, he's got more screen time in Rogue One <laughs> than he did in, a, in in a New Hope." So yeah, uh, it's weird, but yeah. yeah, I don't, I just don't know how you approach Episode Nine after this. I I hope they do it the way that we're talking about. And they just, again, like you said, let eight be eight, let it be the movie. It already is. Um, and then, and then just, you, you build up a really nice tribute toward the beginning of episode nine and, and, and move on with the story. But from just there.
0: keep it respectful. I mean, I, I don't please God Disney. If you're listening, do not throw a CG Leia in, in, in to episode nine or something like that, uh, and try to continue the story or, you know, just in, in any way, don't, don't do that again. Like, uh, I'm not sure I liked it as much in Rogue One even, and I thought they could have accomplished that merely by showing a profile or something like that. Um,
1: you know, I didn't mind it because it was, um, uh, a half a second. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she, have, I guess there was there dialogue. Mm, I don't recall. I can't remember. I, always, I, I don't always think there was. Once. I don't think there was. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't mind it, but I don't think you can do the whole movie like that. And you, you damn sure can't do it like that now yeah it would just be entirely tasteless so you know i would be perfectly
0: fine with seeing you know some sort of like profile walks off the screen sort of thing uh, um you know by real people actors just i don't think we really have to worry about this because i think that there's nobody on that set that would let them really fuck up carries memory or legacy i think camel um, would walk oh i i no question i mean they'd own him but i think he'd he'd be fighting in courts forever and ever but yeah. Uh, when it comes down to it, they're going to have a hard fucking time making those movies without, without them. So, yeah,
1: yeah, no, I, I think, I think you're probably right. Yeah. So. All well. right, let's
0: move on to a uh, slightly less depressing star Wars news. How do we see? This is the sad thing about this is that uh, everything, you know, star Wars related for me, is sort of bittersweet right now. Like I've been watching the trilogy and uh, as much as I fucking love those movies, it, watching them again is still kind of, you know, it, it stings a little.
1: Well, let's turn it into sales pitch. You now have a reason to buy a 4k TV
0: yes we do and yet another version of star wars because presume uh, there there is reportedly a uh 4k version of star wars uh, new hope coming
1: a restoration maybe that means it's not a special edition
0: you know i really hope so so the thing is um somebody asked this question the other day how are they going to make a 4k movie out of a thing that was made in 1977 and the answer is uh Film is actually much higher, you know, quote unquote resolution. Film film, film is a lot of megapixels. Yeah, it, it it's uh, much, much better in fidelity that way yeah. than than um, digital is. You know, digital is sort of basically locked to a particular thing, whereas film film is mainly limited by how you can scan it. Um, so a 4K restoration sounds amazing. And secondarily, that they're going actually and getting the real film has me leaning towards thinking that they're going to do a legit non-special just the 4k resolution and, and you know watching that too um i think i was watching the special editions of, of star wars and there's a couple of scenes in there like when they get into cloud city that cg all looks fucking terrible now just Some in of all it of the movies first off it, it's a. Uh, really jarring because it looks very obviously different from the surroundings. Yeah. Like if they were going to go make different models or try to do it the way sort of that, uh, uh, uh the force awakens does with, you know, some CG, some, some, you know, real effects sort of thing. It might've worked, but watching those uh, scenes that they add into the special editions that are so obviously CG are just so jarring and out of place that there's no way they could throw those as is into a 4k restoration. If there, if there's any taste left, you know, at yeah.
1: all. So don't yeah. do that. I uh I I really like analog formats. Uh I didn't used to. Um I used to make fun of the hippies that would talk about how records were so much better, vinyl records than than, you know, cassettes or or CDs or anything like that. Um and in my old age I'm really starting to appreciate like the 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 versatility that comes along with um having like celluloid film. Uh for pictures and analog soundtracks that go along with it, because you can actually play with the, you can still play with the sound when it's analog and not hurt it.
0: See, it's it sort of it's, depends it's because weird. from an editing standpoint, it's fantastically simpler these days. Like, uh, you know, why don't we record the show on, uh, on, on vinyl? Cause it would be a fucking bitch to put that shit all together and get a show out every week. So there's a lot of power in digital things these days. And in really technically speaking, digital tends to be superior. I think film resolutions tend to be one of the only cases where that's not true. Um, like we're very much limited in the digital world, uh, to resolutions that, you know, our hardware is capable of, which don't get me wrong. Uh, in and with the right budget and in the right hands, it's astronomical. Right. Um, but but what but, I'm you know saying, we're We're getting a 4K restoration out of a, a 40-year-old movie, so...
1: Yeah, what I'm saying about that is, is the... The analog soundtrack that's actually embedded in that film that goes along with it. Like, you can actually take that original sound, clean it up if you need to, and then press it into a 4K format, and it's going to sound just as good as it did. Yeah. You know, it's not like... It's not like an MP3 where the more times you edit and save and edit and save and edit and save like you' you're losing quality.
0: Well, it sort of depends because those are a little bit different um, you know like uh, you know loss losses, lossless it's essentially the more times you re-encode right um, so you know typically that's not really how we do it. we, we you know like our show we edit um, is it's a wave yeah you know, we, wave, we wave record is a wave. Which is, you know, lossless. It's, a, lossless. it's, it's a gigantic fucking file, but it's lossless. You get, you get the show in all of its glory until I compress it down into an MP3 that you can't tell the difference about. Problem is, if I were reworking that MP3, which we've had some films, you know, there, there are some films that just have not been preserved properly. And so they're, they're left with essentially whatever was put on the shelf to work with in the future. That's a bitch. Um, good, the good news is Star Wars is not one of those films. They have the original film and, and uh, what you can do with that these days is, is basically magic you know see that's the thing though is i don't know
1: that disney has that original cut i'd heard that lucas kept the non-special edition
0: well i mean he didn't film the special edition on film so he can't i mean they're they're talking about restoring i think from the original celluloid print yeah uh um so that if if so, you know, then that opens the door, and hopefully to a a despecialized or a non-special edition uh, of Star Wars, the original theatrical cut, which would be um, amazing. Like yeah. that, that's really what I want to happen. But you know, the other thing about the the whole analog digital thing is, um, analog formats, um, you know, whether it's film or or especially vinyl, um, it it has a different sound. I'm not going to say better because really technically speaking it's worse like you get a worse you know like uh, um than say a lossless encoded uh, um digital format is is going to be a, of higher fidelity higher quality than than a vinyl record but vinyl records have their own sound and if you like that sound there's just no replicating it like
1: no and I'm, i've come to appreciate it a lot more in my my
0: elder years uh it's the same thing like uh Tarantino is probably the one that i i think of most when i think of this or Chris Nolan actually uh they both still shoot on film and refuse to do anything else in fact. And they're, they're both uh, uh, guys who are still very much into the actual old way of making movies as as, you know, for some things, obviously they they, um, Nolan obviously is using CG in his movies pretty heavily, but um, they still shoot on film uh, um, and work with that. And that I think gives their movies a different feel um, and, you know, love it or hate it. It may be slightly technically inferior in some ways It has a specific
1: feel and, and, you know, a lot of us kind of like that. Honestly, the only downside to it as, as a, as a filmmaker is, is that, uh, it costs money. And
0: these days it does because it's, it's one of those, it's kind of one of those funny things. Like, you know what? You know how much a floppy drive costs these days? Yeah. probably as much as it did back in you know 1993 yeah. because they're a commodity now like you can't just go out and buy a floppy at any you know staples or something well like it's that, like
1: so. uh look at ram ddr4 is, is fast becoming the norm now yeah so the prices consequently are dropping to the point where now ddr3 which was the norm two weeks ago is starting to increase in price because there's less of a demand so the people that have to have it are going to end up paying a little bit more but yeah studios um Studios are less likely to finance a film that actually is shot on film, um, or at least as, as much. Like Sometimes there's concessions that have to be made and whatnot, but um, also guys like Tarantino and Nolan, though, aren't guys that are really going to wait for the studio to greenlight. They're going to make a movie if they want to make one anyway. So,
0: And secondarily, guys like Tarantino and Nolan, the, it's not like the studio is going to say no. I mean, right. Th- those guys basically have a license to print money at this point. Uh, yeah. um, you know, Nolan, probably more than Tarantino, because Tarantino, I think, is a little bit more of a cult attraction these days. Yeah.
1: Uh, but Nolan, I mean, if you man. were either were to go to a studio and be like, look, we wrote this film and we want to direct it, but we want to we want to shoot all on film. And they'd be like, who the fuck are you guys? And why would we pay? Yeah, Even if we had all the stock? same scripts, actors, yeah. uh,
0: f- d- you know, technical people, etc., they'd be like, well, fuck off. But if Chris Nolan walks in and hands them the same thing, they're like, oh, yeah, here you go. Uh, just, uh, I'm going to give you this check and you just write in whatever you need. Um, yeah, have fun. Uh, all right. So that's, uh, Star Wars stuff for this week. Uh, I, I know we're both looking forward to the 4k version and, uh, um, you know, more Star Wars. I was just talking to my wife about this and I think we talked about this before, but we now live in a world where there's new Star Wars every year.
1: Dude. Um, have you heard the speculation that they might be, um, ramping up for a May release for episode eight? No. Yeah. Hot
0: damn. I actually, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna, you know, as much as I want the movie as fast as I possibly can get it, uh, I do sort of really love the feel of having Star Wars at Christmas. Um,
1: I do, except for one thing, man. Um, the last two years we've had tickets for opening night. Yeah. And the weather has been absolute dog shit both nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if we went back to May. Uh, yeah. and traditionally Star Wars has always been a May. Uh, may release like since the beginning.
0: It, I know I I obviously wasn't in the theater for the the uh, pre or the original trilogy, but for the prequels, yeah, I'm pretty sure those were summer releases too. So, yeah,
1: yeah specifically. But, but I just uh,
0: I like I like uh, the other thing I like about a Christmas release too is, um, there's not really much else. So for me, like Christmas time is basically Star Wars time this last couple of years because there are some other movies, but um, not nearly uh, quite on the same playing field as Star Wars. So. Yeah, yeah, I I like I like the Christmas release time frame, but um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. The other way to look at totally it is, is that we could be less than six by. months
1: away from episode eight. That's
0: what that's what I'm saying. The other thing is, like, I know come May, if they if that movie if they announce that it's coming out in May, I'm gonna be like, fuck, yes, it's coming out in May. We can go see it six months sooner. Fuck you, take my money. <laughs> yeah, here you go, just throwing my wallet at Fandango. Um, yeah. all right, we're gonna be back to talk about some Gotham Gotham City uh sirens announcements. Uh, some but, some stuff. Some stuff. Got some other DC stuff going on too. Uh, but, but first we need more beer. Yeah. And now we're back from outer space. And we're gonna stop singing because I can't do that. So DC news. Um, in the DC section, we have coming up first, Gotham City Sirens is announced. And I don't know what that is.
1: So I'm gonna read the article really quick while Matt vamps about it. Um, okay. So Gotham City Sirens, it's, it's nothing, uh, super huge. It's David Iyer. Um, who directed Suicide Squad, I believe is writing and directing as well. Um, instead of doing a standalone Harley Quinn movie, they are actually um gonna be doing uh the Gotham City Sirens, which is gonna be Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and I believe Catwoman. Okay. So That 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 sounds cool, actually. Um I think that could work. (laughs) Um Although
0: I'm a little nervous about Ayer doing it. Uh quite honestly, like we we talked about Suicides quite a lot. I saw it, you know,
1: way later than I probably should have. But the movie wasn't great, and most of that was writing. Um No. It wasn't. Most of it wasn't writing. I mean, it, some of it was, but like uh Harley Quinn, though, her character stood out as being extremely well done and and well well penned. And I think that's probably what they're going for with having Ayer do it.
0: Yeah, see the thing is, is I think Margot Robbie could just carry
1: the movie and it'd be fine like and depending on who they cast um for the other two roles i know um uh uh, steph corny from uh mr robot is actually eyeballing the poison ivy role so that's interesting um yeah well you know
0: i I was kind of a hit or miss i think he also did training day yeah training day is a fucking who doesn't like training day uh fury which i've heard is very good that's a brad pitt um i think the wife really
1: likes that movie i haven't actually watched it yet Yeah, i haven't either there's some other weird shit in
0: here too fast and the furious original screenplay uh anyway so you know i can i can ride. i mean i'd say can anyway i I really like training day especially um that would that would be probably in this list um probably my favorite thing he's done um but yeah, Suicide Squad missed on a lot of marks and I think a lot of those are writing related. But you know, the the weird thing about Suicide Squad is there was a lot of controversy surrounding the movie because there was, you know, lots of talks about reshoots and switching up how the story was gonna go and stuff Production, like that.
1: Production, dude. Like it's it's that weird DC machine. I don't I I don't want to blame Air for it because I don't think Left to his own devices that the Suicide Squad we, we got was what we would have gotten. No, I really it's think... kind of like Josh Trank in the Fantastic Four train wreck. Uh, I really think that studio um, has just jammed their dick
0: down their, in everybody's throats that are making this mo- these movies because a lot of the... Uh, problems with the movies themselves just really feel like studio meddling Like we got to have this
1: scene in here because you know it's not going to sit we can't sell toys if we don't have that shit it's weird because you can have a franchise that's micromanaged and still done well like you or i could go direct the next marvel movie and it would still come out feeling exactly like another fucking marvel movie and whatnot yeah because
0: when it comes down to it like i think marvel movies at these point at this
1: point are huge parts of feige especially when it comes to story story direction yeah um, there's that big Marvel machine that that is behind everything, and all the pieces have to fit, otherwise there's no room for it there. Yeah, basically. Um, But the problem with the DC universe is it wasn't... We didn't have a stellar fucking movie that launched a franchise that turned into what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is. We had a really lukewarm Man of Steel movie, and then we had an even more... You know, I want that to be where we're going, though. I, I want, I want to see Jeff Johns in that
0: feige role, the sort of the glue that, that keeps this whole machine working. Um, but I just don't know. I mean, we, we, we're really only getting to our first set of DC movies with Johns having a, a massive influence on, uh, coming in this next couple of years with, uh, Wonder Woman, Justice League, the Batman. Yeah. We get Justice League this year, right? Like it's, I think it's 2017. Think. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's 2017. Um, that is this year now. Yeah. Holy balls, huh? Yeah. As we record this, it is New Year's Day, folks. So yeah. w- welcome to 2017 with the rest of us. Neither of us even hungover. No, not especially. A little bit this morning it was a rough, rough getting to work this
1: morning. But it, it's weird. The beer that came out of the uh, like the beer that I just cracked came out of a six pack that I bought yesterday with every intention of um, polishing that bad boy polishing off. it off last night. And I bought the six pack. and I came home and I put it in the fridge, and I immediately grabbed my half gallon of cra- uh, gallon of crown out of the cupboard <laughs> and had a couple glasses. I never mixed. I just I was drinking crown and ginger ale yeah on rocks had two of those and by eleven thirty i was on fucking logs <laughs> like, <laughs> see this is funny because this is like
0: the first uh new year's eve where i've actually been awake uh, uh through midnight so um kind of opposite opposite there my
1: my wife uh had gotten up and and came back to bed and was like oh happy new year by the way and i'm like oh it, did that happen <laughs> <laughs> excellent so yeah um
0: yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Jeff Johns being, you know, head of the DC universe, I think that's a movie we're both, you know, very big fans of. We both like Jeff Johns's work. Uh, and I think that really he could be the guy that helps um, bring DC around and, and really kind of bring them into this renaissance of superhero movies um, that that Marvel is cur- currently experiencing right now. And I think I think that's kind of the way you have to do it. You kind of have to have a lead guy. On a on a franchise this large, because um, that's really what it is. We're we're getting a you know whole collection of superheroes teamed up into one giant franchise on both sides of the coin. And just they didn't really have that um, with uh, 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 the the DC properties before that. And you know, like as cool as it is to do new things with characters, uh, one of the things that Marvel's gotten really really right is how the characters look and feel on screen. And that's one of the things that DC hasn't really nailed down yet. Um, Superman's still been kind of all over the map as far as really getting the core essence of the character. Batman, while probably one of my favorite incarnations ever, massive criticism about nailing some of the, you know, more particular things about Batman, like the whole not killing thing, except for this Batman will totally throw a fucking grenade at you or launch a car into your windshield, you know? Um, yeah. 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 Uh, so there's lots of things like that, that I'm just not sure DC quite gets yet. Like the, um, Marvel seems to really embrace their comic history, and DC seems to be trying to not do that. Um, Like, they keep trying to make everything, I think, into Nolan's Batman. So, uh, I'm hopeful, though, because Wonder Woman seems to be the first to really buck that trend in the new reboot series. Uh, And I'm hoping that they they further solidify that with the Justice League movie and, and, you know, really actually start picking up some steam. So
1: Yeah. Um, And we get... We, Marvel has created such a juggernaut that we have the luxury of getting new Marvel stuff all the fucking time. Like, March, we're getting ready to jump into Iron Fist. Yeah. Um, and that's, we're, we're now two and a half months away from that.
0: And I gotta say, the, the Netflix properties now are like one of my things that I most look forward to. Yeah. Like, when they say there's a new one, like, I'm immediately sign me up. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, we've got that kind of stuff going for us. Um, we got three Marvel movies coming out this year, I think. Um, i know we get uh spider-man homecoming we got thor ragnarok and uh guardians 2 so we have two that are going to be absolutely huge thor i think is the the more lukewarm um of the of the the franchise and that's only because i really didn't like the second one that much the first one was a was a decent movie on its own
0: well you know but a lot of people i think would call thor the, the weakest of the movies so far um, but I really liked the first Thor, actually. I did. I did. Um, I think and the, the second Thor, I, I, I didn't
1: just, really care for as much. It's similar to it taking 50 years to find a comic book that really grabs people when it comes to writing for Thor. Like, Thor kind of bounced out of having his own series and then, um, being relegated to like the team up book similar to hulk hulk hasn't always had his own series either like there's yeah. been times where they just pulled that book and he was part of the avengers but that's when you saw him you didn't have him yep a so it, actually kind of like the movie incarnations like that's one of
0: the things that i was wondering is should thor be more of a uh, um you know like a hulk character and i think he's only not because he's sort of the, one of the 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 main the main group you know with uh iron man captain america thor and uh
1: I think there's Shit, what's the interesting one? stories to tell with Thor that you can do in a standalone movie. I just don't know that we've necessarily found it aside from the origin that we got, pseudo origin, I guess, that we got in the, in the first Thor movie. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm reading, um, Thor the Unworthy. I just read, uh, issue two of that yeah. yesterday, actually. And it's, it's this fucking superb book. Like I, I'm really actually excited about the next issue and whatnot. So I don't know. It is possible to tell good thor stories it's just i don't i hope ragnarok's gonna be that
0: i mean the, the, dark, the dark world wasn't bad but it also was probably one of my least favorite marvel movies so far so yeah yeah like um
1: we always make fun of that movie because we never really remember what it's about huh <laughs> so uh, uh,
0: the doctor is an elf thing whatever yeah and there's uh, some red shit yeah red shit it was, uh, pre- infinity stone number four or whatever yeah that that's how i remember it
1: uh so yeah we're talking about dc though i know <laughs> but it's more fun to talk about marvel stuff yeah so dc get your shit together now um we're gonna talk about some dc tv though which is a lot of fun to talk about here's the thing confession i haven't watched these trailers
0: Oh, another way <laughs> it's fine though
1: um we're gonna put them up for people to watch so it's um the first trailer that we have listed is for kevin smith's directed episode of supergirl
0: you know what i did watch uh sorry we'll come back to that keep going <laughs> <laughs>
1: um which um i don't know that we have an air date for that one yet and then we also have um a trailer for the mid-season premiere of the flash which is uh three weeks
0: yeah yeah it's coming soon hopefully so. um the trailer that I did watch, actually, was the mid-season premiere for uh, Arrow. Mm. And they spoil they spoil it right in the fucking trailer. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, presumably. Canary? Like, yeah. If you watch it, I think you're going to have a really good feeling about who Canary is.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but I will, I will definitely check See, it I'm out.
0: See, I'm not sure if I, if I want to. Like, I kind of think that they should have not released that trailer. It's one of those, like... You know, this would have been a lot more impactful if you would have yeah, just fucking hang, hung on Arrow until is it.
1: actually kind of uh, really near the top of the list of shows that have lost a good portion of their following over the last year and a half. Like, they need whatever push they can get. So. And I, I think, yeah, they're probably looking for that canary juice to. Yeah. To, it's almost like killing Her was a really fucking dumb move. It's, it's almost like that. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like the entirety of season four was really fucking stupid for some reason. Yeah it really is you know i gotta I, other than the constantine episode which you really liked still i i dug the
0: constantine episode and i think that's probably
1: about it yeah <laughs> yeah um jeff johns
0: jeff johns yeah so we talked about this uh earlier but jeff johns uh tweeted rather uh saying you know talking you know gi- given the big ups to the you know five dc tv shows we have four five four uh and saying you know we might have a fifth coming soon
1: i guess we have uh gotham that's on fox yeah five. which i'm sure he has something to do with so. yeah
0: so we got five five dc tv shows and he, w- he was teasing having an announcement about uh, uh uh sixth uh coming up so crazy speculations constantine it <laughs> would be really funny <laughs> like we're gonna try something all new we're gonna get uh this guy who looks a lot like constantine so much so that you might remember a thing that you know sort of resembled constantine on nbc and yeah. we're gonna run a constantine show uh you know, this is this is not probably what, what I think is going to happen, but it's what no. I wish it would happen. Green Lantern. Probably not. No, I'm sure it's not going to happen. Plus but... animated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'd almost like, kind of have to because I'm not sure that they could support the budget for for a uh, non-animated Green Lantern.
1: They could have Hal Jordan walking around in a fight suit, fucking uh, <laughs> like a like a bomber jacket punching people in the face. I'd be okay with that. Like That'd be funny as shit, yeah. Make it like a fucking 70s detective show. Yeah. And he teams up with Ollie Queen yeah they throw the flashing light on top of the car and drive after there it's just you
0: know especially in modern history i think you don't have green lantern stories that aren't you know like these big space epic things uh uh, and they're just not really suited for the tv budget too well but you know they could do that
1: like it'd be kind of funny if it ended up being like a phrygnose hulk or something like that it's weird man i've been reading the the green lantern comic books you know like i do Um, Green Lanterns really seems like it's making an effort to try and get back to that. Like, okay, um, we're going to have Green Lantern stories that don't leave Earth. Yeah, that's fun. And tell that story. Um, And they're all right so far. Um, And I kind of think that's what the franchise needs. But what I'm used to from reading them as a kid was like Hal Jordan stories where. Oh, yeah, yeah. But now anything that involves Hal Jordan like is universally impactful. So galactic level sort of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. New Hal Jordan, by the way, really good. Yeah, we, we texted about this, but it's been a few weeks, and I just thought I'd listen or let our listeners know if you haven't read Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns. Uh, I think we're both really digging it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that and and uh, Flash, I'm really enjoying Flash.
0: Uh, you know, I don't think I've read the new Flash yet.
1: You should. It's good. It's cool. um, the last several books have been um, um new Wally centric.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I definitely read the culmination of the the Godspeed. Storyline, but I don't think I've, I've read past that. So. Yeah,
1: it goes into, because um, Wally is officially Kid Flash now, like new new Wally. Okay. Yeah, and, definitely. And not, so Barry's not kind of mentoring him and whatnot. And Fucking that's, spoilers, that's dude. Yeah. Wally West is Kid
0: Flash. Weird. <laughs> Never saw that coming. No, who would have? You know? Yeah. Crazy.
1: Um, What else we got? Uh, So should we talk some Marvel stuff? We got a little bit of Marvel stuff. We do. We have one article and then we could probably talk at length about Marvel. Oh, wait, we did that already. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Th- this uh show notes series looks like a, a an ad for HeroicHollywood.com.
1: dot com. It does. Um I actually put these together at work like a week and a half ago.
0: No, hero Heroic Hollywood too actually is pretty super good.
1: It is. No pun intended. It is. So we got some stills from
0: the Deadpool movie. Do we? Where that? Uh it's it's a link to a tweet. We should probably just link the tweet. Whatever. Sorry, buzz. Rhett Reese uh link links to some uh Joel uh letterer Lederer, Lederer-, Lederer- yeah, fuck it. Um <laughs> uh uh pictures. Um so like legit photography. And I'm not gonna lie, it still looks dope as shit. It does it does look very Deadpool One. Like these actually look like they're from Deadpool number one.
1: I've got a pretty good feeling about they, this movie no, thus far.
0: They legit are. These are Deadpool One. What? Unless Negasonic and uh uh fucking um that Amazonian chick is coming back. Well that's probably not. Dude. Get to number uh, seventy-eight, seventy, seventy-eight slash seven.
1: I don't, I don't know that I can. You gotta scroll. I'm, I'm working on swipe-ies. it, but my, you my screen, swipe-ies. my screen is not doing, yeah, anything.
0: Yeah, you know, i mean? IT. Can help you out with that. No,
1: no. Oh, oh, I managed. I got to number two. <laughs> okay, that is definitely from the first movie. Yeah, no, these are definitely first movie. Why, why, why? Okay, Hero Hollywood. We just talked you up, and now. No, they're still good pictures. Like uh, th- These stay in because uh, this is still all really cool. <laughs> if you want to relive the magic that was Deadpool number one, go
0: <laughs> go, go check out this go link that we're going to put in there yeah. th- and talk about. No, I actually really like this. Uh, these are some good shots. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, that's Marvel news. <laughs>
1: a lot going on over there in the old Marvel camp. Well, let's talk about a couple things. Yeah, okay. So, um, we got a Spider-Man crossover going on right now in comic books yeah uh the clone conspiracy i'm uh I think two issues behind on that i gotta read the actual clone conspiracy number three i believe and then the yeah, amazing same spider-man tie-in for it um we also got Inhumans, x-men going on and i'm still a little bit behind on that one i did like i talked about earlier though i read um unworthy thor number two and that fucking phenomenal so far and mm-hmm. there's a new venom book out too and issue number two just came out last week and i i finished reading it earlier this morning um not Eddie Brock, not anybody that we actually know. And this guy actually seems like he actually has some clout over the symbiote because the symbiote's kind of undergone some uh, psychological changes. Like it doesn't really dig killing anymore. Weird. And this guy totally can and will because he's like a former army ranger, like special, <laughs> special forces dude. So are we getting, is this a good venom or like an anti-hero venom? I don't know. Weird. Um, he's really just trying to get a job as a, as a lackey for a crime boss right now. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go
0: with anti-hero then.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna but be kind of that this. Sounds,
0: that actually sounds super interesting. I think I think he, and Venom works really well as an anti-hero sort of character. Yeah,
1: yeah. So Marvel's going through this thing where they're where they're doing a lot of number ones again. Like, uh, I bitched about this like a year ago because like we're on like the third volume of Uncanny Avengers and like, dude, I think everybody who reads Marvel books is bitching about this
0: because uh, you you cannot just like read Avengers number one. Which fucking one? Uh, right uh the uh well, i was actually reading a thread about this um if you are a redditor if you like reddit at all uh the comic book subreddit that's uh r slash comic books i think mm-hmm. um just had a thread on this not too long ago talking about just that thing and, and they showed i think it was uh captain marvel i and they should literally I like
1: sure you that five number one contributor to that particular article <laughs> yeah like i'm 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 relatively certain you would find the, the same there. the same captain yeah. marvel yeah okay
0: because it was it was captain marvel read captain marvel number one because it's so good is except this the to put the pictures literally like up from five. um
1: Comixology? yeah yep same post and it was like so okay here's in marvel's defense that was a terrible terrible uh photographed post in in argument of what we're talking about okay they're not wrong Yeah. But that picture wasn't a good representation of it because what those were were graphic novels and they were self-contained stories and they were all from volume one and then volume two and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like they're all Captain Marvel number ones. They were just all. Yeah. You know, so they were not reading the titles correctly. And understanding just, what they were doing, but they weren't wrong about what Marvel's doing with rebooting shit over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, I think that's sort of the thing that comics are going through right now. Like, and I'm not going to lie, I'm part of the problem. Um, I got back into comics around you know 2012, shortly after um New Fifty Two, because I was really
1: like, in earnest like in the last year and a half, two years, like yeah.
0: But, like, New 52 was where I was like, oh, I got a jumping off point here. Like, yeah. all the books are rebooting. I, um, I know enough about the characters that I'm not going to get super lost reading any of this shit. So, like, that was where I kind of jumped in a little bit. And then, you know, of course, I've gone from there. Now, the thing I realized, you know, like, really kind of gotten to live and be a little bit more of a, con- like, in 2012, I wouldn't have called myself a comic book fan. I would, You know, that was more like I was experimenting, you know, sort of thing. Um,
1: <laughs> Go but, through
0: a phasal, right? Yeah. It just turns out it's stuck. Uh So now I'd call myself a comic book fan. And I, now I would say, no, you really don't need to worry about that too hard. You, you do probably want to find a story arc to jump off of. But, uh, outside of that, that that's it. But I think that what DC and Marvel are both doing is trying to, uh, uh, give more fans that, um, that number one experience, because I think they know, and I think a lot of people probably feel like that, like, uh, you know, I can't just pick up, you know, issue number 647 of Spider-Man or whatever. Um, because, you know, I'm going to miss out on all this backstory, but you know, same thing with action comics. You could pick up action comics and issue number 900 or whatever, and it's fine. Like you just got to you got to pick a good a good place to start off with. So,
1: yeah, that's kind of the fun for comic books to me was when I got into comic books as, as a teenager in the 90s and whatnot. I was number one. There was some fucking ridiculous good stories going on. Right. So, yeah, and just straight ridiculous ones, too yeah um i mean we're talking death of superman we're talking uh nightfall we're talking age of apocalypse for the x-men they're just i mean spawn had just debuted in like 1992
0: you know what's funny is i seem to remember some of those you know especially death of superman and nightfall getting a lot of shit back in the day but now of course those are i think well regarded stories yeah oh they they absolutely are rebirth was another uh as in uh the flash rebirth Mm -hmm. um Green Lantern Rebirth
1: was first, but yes.
0: Yeah, I think The Flash Rebirth in particular was another one of those sort of like got a lot of shit for it sort of books in, in its day, but now, of course, is highly
1: regarded. The Flash Rebirth still gets a little bit of shit because um, John's wrote them both and yeah. Green Lantern was goddamn gorgeous. Like um, he had the Van, Van Shiver uh, art through the whole Rebirth. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, the Flash just didn't. That rebirth story, in particular, just didn't grab people. I think, like, like the Hal Jordan, like, because Johns's rebirth for Green Lantern was Hal Jordan's redemption.
0: Yeah. There was
1: a, I, I think John's did a lot for Hal Jordan in the, in the rebirth story. And,
0: and I think rebirth is also where we got the, you know, no longer the fear of pure yellow, just yeah. straight up like a, a school bus comes and and all the Greenland and the course shits pant, its pants, but
1: like an actual storyline for, you know, why this even matters. Yeah. So yeah, you have um, a creepy little dick hurling pencils. And, yeah. And the jails are like, no, God, no. <laughs>
0: I but. don't have a power ring that can withstand. The Mighty Number Two.
1: Yeah. 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 You know the uh original Alan Scott ring, um that was based on magic? Yeah. More than more than any kind of, you know, guardian science or anything like that. Yeah. Um it's it had an impurity to wood. Yeah, I didn't know that. And do you know why that was? No, I don't recall. It always seemed weird to me, but um the reason why it was because the um the makers of the ring knew that the bearer had a potential to be a tyrant and wanted to common folk to be able to defend themselves against (laughs) against him that's (laughs) picked forks if necessary so yeah that's funny that was that was the entire purpose behind the wood impurity and the and the original green lantern ring that's amazing yeah
0: Yeah, and also because it 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 you know on on paper it makes a little bit of sense but you know just think about that logically like, uh, you know, we've created the most advanced army, uh, suit ever. It's a full exoskeleton and it can shoot, you know, missiles at, you know, uh, a range of three kilometers and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, we've made it also, uh, with a Swiss cheese style grater on the front. Uh, so if you need to, just stab a motherfucker.
1: Yeah. 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 If you gotta, if you gotta shoot at this guy, I mean, really, he could, he could, he could do some damage. So, I mean, just shoot at these large just holes we placed. A 22, a yeah. 22
0: ought to do it, you know?
1: Um, yeah, that's funny. Oh, anyway, back to my my uh, story about comic books, though. Uh, half the fun for me was that once I got into the characters and I was really invested in the in the comic books because I was reading the stories that they were publishing. Like, that's when I went out there and started hitting my local shops and like buying back issues because at the time there was no digital. For sure. Um, And so you had to either get what you wanted out of trades or graphic novels, as we call them now. Or back issues. And, of course, as a purist, like, if you're a collector, like, you want the back issues. Because you don't want the graphic novels. Yeah. You you want you want the story, but you also want, like, the prestige of having, like, I've got, you know, the Dark Knight Returns number one, motherfucker. You know, yeah. that kind of a thing. So, you, you know, the boxes with books, board, and all that kind of good shit. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, I've got three of upstairs stashed. Yeah. Um Yeah, uh,
0: that's the other thing, too. Like, you do, um if if you're staying current on comics, uh, we're sort of in a weird place because it's really feasible to be current on, you know, say like 35 different issues at a time, but most people don't read comics like that. Or I think traditionally didn't read comics like that. You would read a few three, four, five books and you were current and it'd be kind of like watching TV today. Like you can watch two, three, four, five shows a week and still have nothing to watch for the vast majority of your week. Like most of the time when I sit down at the TV right now, um, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to watch because as much good stuff as there is out there, uh, I'm only really current on a few things. And so that's where I'd go say, you know what? Uh, I would love to check out the whole, you know, 35 issues or whatever in this last storyline before the one that I jumped in on. Um, and I've done a lot of that too, actually. Um, we've, in fact, on the show, I think we talked a lot about, you know, what, what I guess you would call back issues. Like some of my favorite books that I've read, uh, um, from comics, um, have been uh uh essentially old issues um you know like we we read you know the dark knight dark knight returns um what was the one you had read read, though that i can't remember the name of uh that really focused on uh uh dami dick no dick dick grayson's story and how he got his comeuppance it was a wolfman title oh god but that was literally like just uh uh you so know, the, that was the the Tony uh, Zuko uh, yeah like a three or four issue yeah. arc in, in in year three in Batman yeah it was year three year yeah. three that was literally like a three or four issue arc in, in um just the regular continuity of Batman at the time and so um you know there's so much good stuff out there that isn't necessarily a standalone like the Dark Knight Returns or something like that um that you can go back and check out now. Um, you know, we also live in you know this age where like the whole Ultimate Universe, which is super fun and and coming up with a lot of inspiration for the movies, particularly in Spider Man, you can go read all of that. There's 150 issues of Ultimate Spider Man out there for you to go check out if you want to, um, and and get an idea for what they're doing in the movies right now. So
1: that's that's what I think Marvel's done the right done done the rightest the best. <laughs> I think I think Marvel's done that the best in is in terms of. Um... So we all know that when we have a a comic book character, like there's any number of iterations of that character that have lasted throughout the last 60, 70 years now. Yeah. Um, even Captain America, his origin fluctuates
0: a little bit. A little bit.
1: I mean, it is for the most part because of the nature of, of what he is and he was frozen for all those years and whatnot. Like you can still have him be like he was, he was from World War II and whatnot. But Iron Man, you look at Iron Man, Iron Man was originally, um, injured in, I think, World War II as well. And then over the years, that's changed. Like one origin hasn't been um, injured during the Vietnam conflict, and then
0: I was gonna say there there is an origin. Um, one of the main, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different origins. In, in broad strokes, they're all fairly similar. Well, no, that's not even true with Iron Man in particular. But Iron Man, you know, is is fairly close to uh, an origin that he had. I think during one of his bigger runs in the
1: late '60s probably 70s probably
0: 70s for iron man which you know actually focuses kind of the same story uh that that, uh you get in the iron man movie but yeah i mean that's the thing all all of this shit has
1: sort of differences about it um we never got demon in a bottle no as a movie which i really was thinking we were going to huh but if you've ever read that that one that was that that was the um tony stark uh alcoholism like, big story arc.
0: I actually kind of expected we were going to get that. Um, that was supposed
1: to be Iron Man 3, and then I think they took Favreau off the project, and we didn't that's get that. That's what I was just going to say. I, I kind of expected that to be Iron Man 3. Yeah. Instead, uh, we got, you know... Whatever Iron Man 3 was. Something having to do with the Mandarin, sort of, but not really.
0: Yeah. It was weird. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that I like any of the Iron Man movies
1: except for one. <laughs> it's weird, because Iron Man 1 was great. And then Iron Man is great in everything that he's in. Yeah. But the two standalone movies were fairly weak, I thought. I I can't dog on Iron Man 2 too much because we did we did get Scarjo debuting as as Black Widow in that for the first time and she was ludicrously hot in that movie.
0: I mean she is in pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, again, unless it's on the level of badness of, you know, Jupiter ascending <laughs> like you can't say that that's the worst movie, so oh I mean no,
0: but l- l- like that's a that's a low bar to compare to like uh well, it's not Jupiter ascending bad well you know now there is getting punched in the nuts but uh, <laughs> repeatedly repeatedly um man, yeah. I watched that whole movie did you watch the whole movie no no i I did I just kept watching I was like, so why am I still doing this myself
1: no, um I think I was like, man I need a i need I actually want to find something that has uh, a plot with fewer holes in it. So I came and downloaded some porn.
0: Yeah, precisely. Yeah.
1: Um, So,
0: you know what's funny, though, is you should watch some of the interviews that Mila Kunis has done sort of since uh, about Jupiter Ascending. I'm not even sure there's a lot of them, but I kind of remember this thing. And this is the shittiest story. Like, it's so interesting that I'm going to ramble through kind of half remembering uh, an interview she gave on, like, uh, Kimmel, I think they were playing some game no or maybe it was the other the the British guy I can't remember what his fucking name is um, but they were playing this game where um, there was a bunch of gross stuff on the table and you either had to tell the truth about you know a question another uh, uh, one of the players would ask you or you had to eat some gross shit on the table and so she she got a couple of questions about Jupiter ascending and that was some funny shit so did she just eat
1: the gross shit instead mm, I think mostly yeah no yeah, that's <laughs> come on.
0: Yeah. But she wasn't even phased. So like Mila Kunis, every time I see her, only gets hotter because she wasn't even phased. She was just like, Yep,
1: whatever, goat balls. Dude, Dude I don't wah. even like Jim Beam that much. And I'm like, you know what? I would drink a gallon of that right now. <laughs> I would. Um She she uh, there was this other thing posted the other day too. Um
0: she, her and Timberlake were in something together. And I don't know what, but they were doing their press junket press tour thing, and uh they went to uh, you know, some, some places spoke Russian. Uh so for those of you who don't know uh, mila kunis totally speaks russian she, well, she's, she's born in ukraine yeah she's a ukrainian immigrant her her parents were U- ukrainian i think and uh
1: she's like eastern orthodox jew and shit like like she's yeah she she's,
0: she speaks fluent uh uh russian and so the uh <laughs> the
1: interviewer was asking in
0: russian a question for justin something along the lines of like so uh you've already made a ton of movie a ton of money with the with a movie with the mu- uh music rather i mean just just why why are you doing this essentially <laughs> like it was very very kind of shitty and, and mila calls him out call calls the interviewer out she's like you know that's a that's a dumb fucking question <laughs> essentially but in russian so you like you're reading the subtitles um uh, and, and it was so funny especially because the whole time Justin's sitting there like I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. And they wouldn't pause because Mila was in the process of like ripping this journalist, uh, a new asshole. Um, you have to link that so I can see it. Yeah. I'll have to go find it. It was on Reddit the other day. Um, and, and I was just, I was watching her yell at this chicken Russian and I was like, that's the hottest thing I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> she's, she's phenomenal. Like she's so funny. Like I didn't know who she was until I watched obviously that 70s show. I don't think anybody did because I think that was kind of her 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 big break and whatnot yeah
0: like, y- another she, funny that 70s show more, mila kunis thing she shouldn't have gotten cast she only got cast because
1: she lied about her age yeah she was only 14 yeah when she when she auditioned for it yep so um but and and i i quote her all the time because like so my wife is wonderful and nerdy and all that kind of stuff but like there's still certain things that she just like is totally uh, against and like it always reminds me of like season one of that show when she's always telling Kelso, she's like, Michael, you know, I don't think I don't like things about space. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's outstanding. So um I just laugh about stuff like that all the time um when it comes. It, but like, then you watch her and other stuff and she's just goddamn funny. Like, I was super sad when she wasn't in Ted 2. Oh, yeah. Like, is that a shit? Like, that was. <laughs> I, I haven't seen Ted 2. Uh, and now I'm not sure if I'm going to
0: um i'm just kidding it's
1: funny yeah it's funny i mean it's just she's just not in it and that's too bad yeah she she's she cracks me up she's she's hilarious yeah um dude yeah i was just thinking before we jump into our last topic um we should talk a little bit about video games because we got some new video games so um well let's 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 hear your take on lego dimensions like i know your kid is super into it
0: yeah but i haven't touched
1: it what you haven't even watched? Uh, uh, barely, barely. Who put I mean, together the Legos for him? Oh, we did it together. Okay, so you've seen a little bit of it. I mean, uh, first off,
0: we got the 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 thing with the 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 portal. So, right.
1: Good, like you do.
0: Yeah, if you, if you're not familiar with these games, uh, they, they're, they're essentially a way to milk money out of dumbass parents who buy their kids shit like this. Uh, me and myself included, and now my kids get like two or three of these things. Anyway, uh, Lego Dimensions comes with this little thing that plugs into your PlayStation console, whatever, uh, and you can put characters on the cons, the, the little pad thingy, and then you get to play as those characters or, you know, it, it factors into the game. Um, Skylanders is like this. Disney Infinity does this. I I think there's a Marvel version of, or that might be part of Disney
1: Infinity. Uh, yeah, Marvel, uh, yeah, was Disney Infinity, and then I believe they're gonna be merging into dimensions here pretty quick because Lego Le- does have a pretty big contract with them. Le- so. Legos,
0: but anyway, um, so you, you can buy all these little characters and then you can play them in the game or do things with them in the game. You can buy you know little figures instead, like my kid got the, the one with the, uh that came with Batman, uh, Wildstyle,
1: and um, Gandalf. Gandalf, that's the that's the core set.
0: Yeah, so he got the corset, and I think he got a Batmobile on the side, and a couple of other that, smaller that comes characters. Corset as well. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, obviously, I didn't look too hard into it, but um, so the thing about the Lego Dimensions one that's a little bit interesting though is um, you actually can build shit. Like, mm-hmm. um, so like we, we you get the little portal thing, um, which is you know a fancy way of seeing this like NFC enabled uh, uh, pad that the characters sit on that the de- you know the, the device can read from. Um, but you can build shit that goes on top of the portal. So you, we built this big old portal thing that took like an hour and a half. Cause there's like 375 tiny little
1: pieces but that was actually kind of a lot of fun. So it's, yeah, the portal was challenging. It comes with an instruction booklet to build it. But what I didn't know is it is building it is actually kind of part of the game as well. And so I, I had the whole thing like completely built and then I didn't realize like the first four levels of the game are like trying to get the last few pieces to put together in the portal. So yeah, we
0: we built the thing. I, yeah. I'm not sure he. No, we definitely built it before he played. Because when we when we got the thing all put together, he was playing, and then I heard him say something like, "Oh, we didn't even have to build this thing first?
1: Yeah, <laughs> he was he was kind of pissed off, like he wanted to get to that game, but you know. So this is what I'm going to say about it in its defense. Um, unlike Skylanders or Disney Infinity or any of these other games, um, that use the the, the portal and the NFC technology and whatnot, I like the dimensions aspect of it because when it comes down to it, there's little discs that are on the bottoms of these figures. Yeah. But other than that, they're just Legos and the disc doesn't have to stay there. So yeah, when my kids are tired it. of it, like they're still just cool little Lego guys. Yeah. And uh, who doesn't like Legos? The other piece of it too, is is that um the portal is, is way more interactive than any other of these games. Like there's different sections to the portal. And when you get into more advanced levels, like there's more things that you have to start doing. Um And, Uh, for instance, like with Wildstyle, one of her powers as a, as a super builder or whatever, she is a master builder. Yeah. Is in certain sections, she has this vision and then you have to place her on all three different sections of the portal before it puts together the lines and then she goes and does her master builder thing and whatnot. And then there's some other ones where like there's these like weird like chroma things where they just spout color out and then you have to put your characters through these colors and then once they're that color then you have to move them to these sections of the portal to make the color the portal light up different colors in different sections See, to unlock I, codes and whatnot. i'm not even sure how far he's g he must not have gotten super far like i think he's
0: on the third because like, he kept saying to me stuff like dude those uh, levels take a long time he was like dude i just got to uh the
1: wizard of oz level and
0: then that's the like, first one yeah
1: yeah and 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 he's like no, no i'm doing the doctor who level or whatever oh no he's uh-huh. he's five six levels in because if he's at doctor who because and that level's a bitch i just played that one today for the first time it took us over an hour to get through it
0: yeah um so anyway he's digging
1: the game but i haven't seen any of that shit yet really mess with the portals yet um so what's crazy is with the core set you can get through the game yeah you can't obviously unlock everything because you have to have characters with special abilities to like get into everything and collect gold bricks because that's like the theme of lego games yep but rather than like building up a giant number of studs as you go through the game so you can actually like buy the characters in there like you actually go buy a physical box with characters in it and then yeah. you have those abilities that's where the milking money out of suckers comes from because th- that was the thing like he was like man this
0: kind of sucks we can't you know really um play more than these three characters without buying a bunch because he's used to playing the other lego games where it's like he, he like he, especially on the marvel superheroes game he has that on the playstation and he's unlocked like every character just about on that like mm. he's got like three i think that he doesn't have or something like that so he was a little disappointed in that um but you know then we reminded him that he got a bunch of money from grandma and grandpa's uh, uh and stuff like that front for uh christmas
1: so you know he he's he can still go buy plenty of characters yeah we have a lot yeah we because we i mean we bought the game a year ago but we really haven't invested any time in it up until like this year we we started playing it again yeah and um which is too bad because it's a great game well, to me, it looked a lot like a Le- like any other Lego game, which I say with the highest praise
0: because most of those Lego games are a lot of fun. To
1: play. Well, it plays like a Lego game. And then now this year they've come out with these new ones, uh, these new things called story packs. Yeah. Um, and they've got two so far, one for the new Ghostbusters movie and then one for the um, Fantastic Beasts movie. And those story packs actually play through the entire movie. Wow. Um, and it said it was like four or six levels or something like that. I don't remember how many levels. I'm like, well, that's kind of lame because... Like, Lego Avengers is, like, 20-some-odd levels or whatnot. But then I was playing that Doctor Who level, and I'm like, man, if that's four to six levels that are an hour plus a piece, like, that's you get, not that you, bad, you I guess. You might actually be getting your money's worth. Yeah, and then uh what's cool about the new story packs is, like, the Ghostbusters one actually comes with new dressing for the portal. So you can get rid of the old, like, the, the portal-looking deal, and, yeah. like, you can turn it into, like, the Chinese restaurant that the girls live above. <laughs> and then the Fantastic Beast one is, like, the... um one of the one of the buildings from it's it's obviously not Hogwarts because it's Fantastic Beast, so it's the States, but yeah, it's yeah, so. yeah. I still
0: haven't seen that. Oh, you should. I know. We need to take the kid, and that's the problem. It's hard to coordinate all that shit anyway. Um, yeah, so that's red. So,
1: how about how about you? You got some video game news? Um, yeah, so Natalie and I got uh, WWE 2K17. Oh, yeah, and so we've been playing that quite a bit. Um, she has the most OP creative character ever. <laughs> she's her name is wonder woman and she's maxed out on every stat that you can be maxed out on nice so she actually like might literally be outweighs woman. brock lesnar in the in the strength like <laughs> the overall ability that'd be number. awesome she's like, just I think she's and like 103 brock yeah. yeah pretty much um she kind of sucks to play when she's that character because sometimes she just keeps hitting you and you can't move really <laughs> but uh no it's it's badass here's my here's my uh Everything in the game is purchased through, uh, a currency called VC. Yeah. Right? Um, when you get the game, there's a lot of characters, but not all of them are available. In fact, um, most of them are not available without playing through like either my career mode or just playing one-on-one matches against the computer so you can actually earn VC and whatnot. And man, it would take forever to do that if you didn't buy the season pass. Uh huh. <laughs> i bought the season pass as well um and so i had most of those characters unlocked um straight away the only thing the season pass doesn't cover though is i did have to pay an extra three bucks for the goldberg pack because it's not included with the season pass uh-huh he was originally pre-order only and then um they were like well goldberg's actually wrestling matches so we better put him yeah, back yeah basically he did his little stint at survivor series and they're like you know we could make three bucks a person off of this <laughs> <laughs> um and so you get when you pay the three bucks you actually get goldberg but you get two attires you get his original wcw attire with the black trunks and you get his wwe attire with the the longer trunks with the white trim and stuff around it nice um and you get the monday nitro arena and the halloween havoc 95 arena i think something like that so it's it's worth the three bucks for it but um you don't get the nxt Enhancement pack either that comes with Shinsuke Nakamura. You only get three characters in that pack and it's like 10 bucks. So I haven't bought that because I don't, I, I want Shinsuke, but I'm just like, yeah, not for 10 bucks, not for 10 bucks. Yeah. I'm not going to pay. He's only like the other one is like Nia Jax and then uh, Apollo Crews. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about either of those two characters. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, it's pretty fun. I have a, I have a, a career going on and I haven't really invested a ton of time in it because it was, we opened it on Christmas Eve and we were able to play it a little bit that night. Um, there's an update patch for it though, and it's like fucking 50 gigs or some shit. So yeah, <laughs> uh, be prepared to sit there for 40 minutes before you can play. Yeah. At
0: least, I mean, like, I'm sure people are, or some people are listening, like, if we have any Canadian listeners, they're listening and going, It'll, it's only going to take you 40 minutes to download 50 gigs. It, I might be eight. kidding about the 50 gig yeah. number,
1: but it's it's a pretty huge update. Dude,
0: uh, Elder Scrolls Online is like that, like, every every update is, like, 20 gigs or something like that. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, needless to say, I'm super happy about the cap on my Comcast internet now. Right? Yeah, because, no, who who would possibly
1: use that much yeah. data? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: except for downloading three games is... The whole fucking
1: thing now, fucking ruthless fucks. Anyway, yeah, but um, no. Overall, I think it's I think it's a pretty fun game, and I think it probably has one of the biggest rosters I've seen in a wrestling game in a really long time.
0: So we red boxed this one. I think a uh, uh, while before because my we we my kids were talking about it. I, I can't remember why, or maybe we were talking about it. and I was like, yeah, I want to play that. So we red boxed it because I wanted to see you know how much playability to actually get out of it. Um, and yeah, I was really surprised. The roster is huge. Like, yeah. um, th- there's a lot of locked characters, like you said, uh, uh, right out of the gate. Um, but the roster is gigantic. Um, and, and it is, it is fun. Like I, I, I will probably pick it up the next time I see it on sale or something like that. It wasn't a $60 game to me for sure. Um, but th- I think the next time I see it on sale
1: somewhere, I'll probably grab it. I'm, I'm into it deeper than that, but I did buy the original game when it was on sale. Yeah. So, um, i i that's why I was able to kind of justify buying the season pass for it as well because I was just like, well, I got the season pass and the game for essentially what the regular game costs regular price, so
0: yeah, that's cool, um but yeah, yeah, a lot of fun uh we we you know we're gonna have to maybe do that have a have a we should start putting everything on YouTube now, yeah, people apparently will just watch you play video games and you get money for that,
1: yeah, it's cool, yeah, it's weird, yeah, it is weird. Um, I, I I played against Jada last night and I forgot who she was, but I was Andre the Giant, and I was like, "This is super fun," because <laughs> I'm Andre the Giant.
0: Yeah, my kids are both super excited about Andre because uh, they've seen the Princess Bread. Um, uh, I only doggy paddle. Yeah, so uh, every time they see they see him, like it was actually really really funny because the first time they were scrolling through the roster and they're like. Whoa, Andre's Fezick here. <laughs> yeah. they like, what's what's he doing in this? And I was like, babe, that's that's Andre the Giant. And he he was a wrestler long before he was Fezzik. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 adorable. It was precious, yes. Yeah. So um and you missed the fight the other night. I did. I believe. That blinked. was the other thing. That um, was the other thing. No, um Eddie and I both had a standing invite uh over to Bailey's house who who sits in with us and records, especially when we talk wrestling and whatnot, um, because he was getting UFC two oh seven. Yep. Which is the return of of the rowdy Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Um, Eddie unfortunately couldn't make it and it was really too bad because it was an amazing evening, even if the fight didn't go <laughs> nearly how I wanted it to. Um but so it's a little, it, sad. A I little was, sad. i was a little sad. I was gonna say earlier in the card. evening because there's this um older British lady that we work with, or not Eddie, but that I work with at my job. Um and I heard that she was gonna be there and it turns out she didn't stay, but she did drop off her son in law and three grandkids grandsons <laughs> and they're all straight from england like they they're like from cornwall cool and fuck if i didn't want to talk in a fucking english accent the <laughs> that's, entire that's the fucking other thing night. when you said that i was like i can't go there i'm gonna like, piss these people off <laughs> well and these guys are like um it's it's uh fucking yeah it's it's amazing like this dude um andy was his name he was the he was the the dad of the of the three kids and whatnot yeah And, like, the whole night, like, he's just... He showed up with a 24-pack of Coors original, and I was like, dude, you... Why did you buy that? Like, you're... (laughs) Like, that's not beer that you're gonna like, and he was talking about not wanting to get too wasted before, you know, Marilyn came to pick him up and whatnot. So he only got 24? The whole time, like, he's sitting there talking about, like, getting thrown out of pubs, you know, and I'm like... And Then of course you immediately slipped into that.
0: I remember this time, you
1: and my best mate. You know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And so, and then like at the end of the night and stuff, like everybody's getting ready to leave. And like the the two of the kids were teenagers. One though was like nine, maybe yeah. a little blonde headed kid. And he was so fucking polite and so fucking British. And he's like, "Thanks for having us over. Cheers." You know, and like <laughs> as he's leaving, and like everybody's like, "That kid was adorable." And I was like, "He was like a polite Draco Malfoy." Like. <laughs> what if draco
0: weren't an asshole pretty much pretty much
1: it was amazing and like at one point uh me and ryan were in another room looking at all his guitars and stuff like that and one of the other guys that was there he shows up and he's like uh do you have any soda for the kids out here and (laughs) i'm like ryan was like no we don't have any soda i'm like they're from england why can't they just drink the beer especially it's just Coors like yeah well I mean I had real beer so. good, good job yeah good job. I I wasn't drinking Coors I was I didn't I didn't doubt for a second I but, know yeah. it I know it like Bailey even had some Coors Light that was in the garage for like a year and a half because he was not drinking <laughs> either so anyway um but yeah the fight itself we had some good matches um on the card the main card though Nunez uh Rousey 48 seconds, man. And here's the deal. I'm going to stand. I, I swear to God, I punched more women that night than R- Rousey did. If you punched one, that's yeah. not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um. I told somebody before the fight ever started that if it went longer than 45 seconds, Ronda was going to lose. And it turns out it went 48 seconds and she lost. Yeah. So um, I wasn't wrong. It's kind of sad, uh, you know, because, you know,
0: I, I'm really not sure I get this either. Like, is she just so stuck in her own head now or what? Because didn't she go like a huge undefeated streak? Yeah. And then finally got knocked out by, uh, what's her fucking face? Holly Holm. Holly Holm. And then, and then, of course, now, you know, 40, 48
1: seconds again. It's, <sighs> you know, I kind of got to blame her coach in this because, like, apparently he doesn't see getting punched in the face as a problem. <laughs> it seems like. And the thing about Nunez is, is she's super scrappy and just did not let up. Like there was no way Ronda was getting in close enough to try and get her in an arm bar and take down, do a takedown or anything like that. So, yeah, um, it's I think her. I think she's done. I think Rousey's done. Uh, That's that. Yeah, I, I was texting you about this. And, you know, like you said, that's the word around the campfire. And it, it seems like this is probably it for her. WrestleMania is right around the corner. And I would not at all be surprised to see her sign a contract. I don't know if it'll be that soon because she's got a little bit of pride. Yeah. Um, she doesn't need the cash right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But uh I think I think I think the WWE is kind of a good fit for her. I think it would be amazing to have her there. It'd be a good rub for the WWE and I think it would give her some sustainability as far as a brand.
0: See, that'd be interesting because uh, you know, the other thing that's that's weird about Rousey to me is she had the biggest following. And then she lost that fight and everybody was like, Well fuck her. You know, like it, it seemed like almost immediately like she went from undefeated
1: to one loss and everybody was like, Oh, she's done. That's mixed martial arts, dude. Yeah. Like it's CM Punk, no fights, lost his first fight and they're like, Uh, ah, he's done. Yeah. And I don't think he is. I think I think UFC'll give him another fight. But I don't think they'll give him more than that. Yeah. Especially if he doesn't win. Wow. So uh it's it's kind of the nature of the beast. Um, it's weird because Dana White's gonna have to figure out another way to make money now because Ronda Rousey was his cash cow for a couple of years. Well, that that was kind of funny too because you mentioned that he's like uh, a lot of people were
0: bitching that Nunez didn't get any sort of a billing or push from from uh, UFC.
1: She didn't. All the tickets that were sold for this fight were sold on the on the on the yeah. uh, Rousey's Rousey back. name. Yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, but but Dana White was kind of
0: saying, um, I seem to remember reading something along the lines of him saying like, yeah, because I didn't need to. Cause did did you know who Nunez was before this fight? Well, you fucking do now, don't you? You know, like uh, he he knows he's got a he's got a ticket seller in that. Um, you know, and probably the same way that um, I'm sure uh, Holly Holm got a big rub. Uh, 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 following the defeat of Rousey the first time.
1: Yeah. Well, here's the thing: Nunez has actually won the title now and defended it. Like n- Holly Holm lost hers on her first defense. Yeah. Um, the next girl, who I can't even remember who it was. Also. Lost yeah. to Nunez. And so now Nunez actually won the title and has defended it successfully. So he might be able to build that and, and the yeah, Nunez brand sure. will probably grow if, if she can, especially if she wins another fight and keeps it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, we, we saw, uh, the, I, I can't fucking remember what title it was. It was, um <laughs> men's 135 pound weight class. Uh, bantam weight, maybe. Yeah, bantam. Bantha, Bantha's from Star Wars. <laughs> which I think the women's title is a bantamweight as well. So yeah. I think it's a women's bantamweight and the men's. The men's uh, title changed hands as well, um, which was kind of a shock. Uh, that fight was actually good though. It went all five rounds, came down to a decision, but I mean, they didn't make the wrong decision. So cool. Um, uh, it was, it was a good night. Lots of, uh, lots of English. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting though, cause I, this is the first time I've actually gotten to talk to somebody from the UK. Yeah. About the whole Brexit thing. And he was totally for it. Like he was uh, like he was talking about how like people would would show up and work like one day a week and not live in the country. But they had like 10 kids. And because of the way the, the EU worked. Like, they got all the, all the British tax credits and everything like that for all their kids, even though, like, they didn't actually live. See, you know, when you, <laughs> first off,
0: they, they voted for Brexit, but apparently we also voted for Donald Trump. So, like, I have to take all that right. kind of thing with a grain of salt because there's a lot of people over here that's saying, like, oh, obviously we needed to vote for Trump and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I, and I kind of get the feeling, like, from most of everything that I've read about this is that Brexit is
1: like their Trump, except for less because it's not Trump. Um, I, the so, thing is, you know, is, is it, Germany and and the UK, though, have been basically footing the bill for the entire EU since its inception. Yeah, I mean, there there is, I think, you
0: know, there's at least some basis. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding, and when it really comes down to it, it's probably a, a fair dose of xenophobia, yeah. uh, but um, bre- Brexit just in general just seems like, no, that's kind of a bad idea, and you've you know just created a massive headache for everybody and the same thing with trump you know like there are some fundamental reasons why trump got elected that probably are valid in some ways uh but when it comes down to it he 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 also ran on a ticket of massive xenophobia and uh, well
1: i'll tell you one thing and and this is this is kind of telling as to how our culture works but like these people that were here are actually moving to the states in a year and a half but they're moving to the States in a year and a half because that's how long it's... They've already been in the process of immigrating legally for a year now. Yeah. So, in a year and a half, they'll have been... Cleared, in, hopefully. Yeah. Um Whereas, if they were one of our neighboring countries, they would have been able to come across illegally and then gain legal status in less time than that. Yeah. Um And that's kind of a problem. But, I mean... I'm not saying that Trump should be the president because of that, but it is kind of one of those, one of those situations. It's like, you know, our immigration policies at at this point are a problem.
0: Like looking at it from both sides of the fence, like I'd probably take the more liberal, liberal view of like, why are we trying so hard to keep people out? Um, right. As long as they're, you know, pulling their weight and paying their taxes, who the fuck cares? Uh, but, you know, either way, it, it's kind of a fucked up system that it takes, you know, that long for people who probably yeah. are just fine to be in the country. I, so. I'm,
1: I don't have a problem with people immigrating at all. I, my, my main problem is, is like, why, if you're doing it the right way, is it taking two and a half, three years yeah. to do it? Yeah. And that's that's my biggest issue with it. But it's, it's weird. Because on one hand, he's talking about how the 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 brexit thing was the best thing that's happened to england in a long time on the other hand he's moving here in a year and a half so yeah like. so good i'm getting the fuck out yeah. <laughs> uh so. thanks yeah yeah but we do have some other good things happening in england
0: yeah that's right we do uh in our last news of the night we have uh a little fr- friend of the show jk rowling is uh <laughs> really releasing- doesn't know about our show come on no she doesn't uh but she also doesn't know to call and say hey why why did you say that um She's, she's got some new books coming. Uh, she, she tweeted about it and <laughs> Time uh, Magazine
1: reports. <laughs>
0: Time Magazine reports that JK Rowling tweeted. Uh, but you know, this is actually kind of funny here that, that we do, you know, like a lot of the news stories we link to end up basically being posts based around a Twitter, you know, a, t- a tweet. Um, so yeah, she, she's still writing, which is kind of cool because. Uh, it it kind of shows like she just really likes writing like that. That's really like, you know, the th- the thing she does because she really doesn't fucking need the money at this point. Like she's probably one of the wealthiest writers basically ever.
1: Um, she's wealthier than uh, Paul McCartney.
0: Yeah. I wonder how much Stephen King's worth. Like comparatively, because you'd have to assume he he's got a fair amount of cash.
1: I think Joe's I think she's the wealthiest. In, period in in, in Britain, <laughs>
0: that wouldn't surprise me. She's also really cool, though, because she she is basically giving away her money to good causes as fast as she can.
1: You know her story, right? Not a, not super well, no. So the English welfare system, the way it works, is like once you are on it, they don't really want you looking for work, mm-hmm. and uh, that's how she ended up there. Like she went through a divorce, and it was just her and her daughter, and she was not doing well financially, and so she she got on welfare in England and. Was talking to her caseworker about getting a job, and he was like, "No, no, you can't work. Mm-hmm. Like we're giving you all this stuff for free. Like you don't, don't, no, you can't work." And so she just sat at home and wrote books, and is now the wealthiest person. <laughs> <in> the goddamn <laughs> See, the system works, folks. So it's just, man, crazy. Yeah, but so new new books though. That's
0: new books, and she doesn't say you know she she's uh,
1: not Newt's Commander books. She does specifically say that.
0: Yes, and that's as much specificity as you are going to get, essentially.
1: Yeah. So, that's show for this week. My daughter's going to buy those books. I am just going to throw that out there.
0: Yeah, probably. My my daughter might have you know stopped reading the Hunger Games long enough to to actually read another book too, but I don't know. Is she finished with them yet? Yeah, she's finished them twice now. Wow. She she read it, and then she was, like, super, super depressed, because she's like, it's over. What am I supposed to do now? And then she basically immediately just opened book one again. Have you watched the movies? Uh, we've watched all but the last two. got to watch the... Uh, the Mockingjay. The, the Mockingjay parts one and two.
1: Yeah. They're, they're fucking depressing. I haven't read the books, so I can't tell you if they follow the books that well or not, but maybe maybe Ellie can help me out with that. I don't know. Ish. Yeah. I and mean, we actually just finished the last one, too, so... The, the last book, yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah, they they're not bad. I I do think the Mockingjay movie is probably the the movies rather is the weakest of the series, but that's because they they you know they they had to milk that cow, cash cow, and, and turn a book that was you know one book into two movies. Which dude, the movies are good though.
1: Like that's I mean, the, the
0: movies are pretty good, but but it does feel a little watered down. Come come Mockingjay parts one and two, yeah, because because they're not really um they're 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 actually pretty solid books too um like there is this whole resurgence you know brought on basically because of the hunger games of this like YA uh, um post-apoc fiction um but those are actually st- still pretty good books like i yeah. read i read all, i read all three books and i enjoyed them uh the movies were mostly pretty good too uh and uh you know but like i said Mockingjay j 1 and 2 kind of uh, stretch those a little thin
1: my sister bought uh emmy the uh first two city of bones yeah books which are, i think are maybe somewhere along those lines i know they're maybe they're not post-apoc but they're definitely young adult uh, uh sci-fi I fantasy kind of shit
0: that is i think they got made into a movie that they got did. shit canned
1: no they they made the first one and the second one i thought
0: yeah i don't remember i know they made at least the first one because i watched that not a bad movie but also not great um no i don't i, I didn't see
1: any of maybe they didn't do the second one i think it was city of ember yeah that's what it was called i think it's kind of uh Kind of similar to the uh, fucking well, Percy Jacksons were good books, but then the movies came out and they completely butchered them to the point where like they're not going to do the third one. They because they did so a lot odd. of that too.
0: Um, that was another thing brought on. Um, gosh, what what? Who can we thank for that? Because there was this period of time where we got a lot of those sort of like, oh, we need to go buy all these books and make them into
1: you know like Guggenheim. Can we blame him?
0: Yeah, I guess. But I mean, Percy Jackson was. Percy Jackson was in that series. Percy Jackson got made. um, His Dark Materials, The Golden Compass, got adapted into a movie that was also pretty bad. Um, City of Ember was another one that got made all along that same time frame. Um, Gosh, I can't remember how that that might have actually came came about just because of Harry Potter. They were like, "Oh, let's take all this YA, you know, kid stuff that kids seem to like and and make it into movies." Oh, I do a shitty job of all of it.
1: Guarantee it. Which the thing is is like uh, until you get to like the the first or not the first until you get to like the fourth movie. Like you don't like the, the Harry Potter books, uh, compared to the movies, like they don't really miss a beat until you get into book four, book five, six and seven, where there's way too much to, to include into it. And, it's, and then again, we have these, the seventh book that got turned into two movies. Yeah. Um, which was almost, I mean, I would say it's probably justifiable for Harry Potter to tell that story correctly. Uh, but that, the fifth book is actually the longest one and they did that in one movie so I don't know.
0: You know that didn't bother me though because it's not necessarily words on the page that <coughs> determines the length but I didn't really feel like The Deathly Hollows was um
1: too thin like
0: that seemed to work out just fine.
1: So, no, have you read the, have you read the books? Oh yeah. 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 Which one's your favorite? Uh
0: gosh, I'm a sucker for Azkaban but I also I think Order of the Phoenix is probably
1: my favorite. See, and I want to say that things happen in the movies in a different order. Didn't they start hunting horcruxes in the sixth book, or did? Or no. is that when you learned what the horcruxes? Were we we learned their
0: start... war where horcruxes in the sixth book, and that think.
1: had the really involved story with Tom Riddle and his dad in the in the house on the beach, and it told that whole origin of that shit in I that book. I think, think I think that you're one was correct. one of my favorite ones, not positive, but yeah, I really that was a good enjoyed one. that the the Tom Riddle backstory that you didn't really get from the movies at all. Yeah,
0: no, they, they were very light on the Tom Riddle backstory.
1: Yeah so um and then of course book four had the um the house of liberation front or whatever that was the uh the spew yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) spew is what it was (laughs) (laughs) that you don't get in the movies at all and that's that's it you see him put up a flyer or something like that but they never really delve into it which was sad because that was a fun part you know what's funny is knowing emma watson and how much of a feminist she is and and like a complete like I don't want to use the term social justice warrior because I don't think it's aptly used these days that people hurl it like it's an insult when it isn't meant to be. Um Well, it's
0: it's one of those terms you get, like, depending on who you talk to, feminist might be a bad word too, even though they agree with true. feminism. And so true. Social, social justice warrior is something that I I want to identify as, but it
1: almost seems to be universally branded as being crazy people. No. Yeah. Um. It just, it's, it seems funny to me that that got completely omitted out of the fourth movie, even though like Hermione, who masterminds that whole thing in the book, is played by Emma Watson, who is absolutely that person in real life. And I think yeah. would have translated really well on screen.
0: Yeah. Actually, I was just reading another article about this earlier. Um, uh, it, it was actually this another Reddit post that was talking about, um, uh, the, the English actors only rule. And they went so far with that, they actually turned down Robin Williams to be Hagrid because it had to be a British actor. And so they were looking for, um, of course, who was going to play Radcliffe, or who was going to play Radcliffe's role, you know, Harry Potter. And they couldn't decide. And they were kind of thinking about this one American kid, but they're like, well, fuck, we turned down Robin Williams. We can't, we can't have some shitty kid play that now. Um, so we can't break the rule now. So they kept looking and looking and looking. And when, when they kind of decided was basically watching, uh, uh, Rupert Grant and, 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 uh, Emma, Emma Watson and, uh radcliffe sit around and, and bullshit basically and they were like nope that they fit you know those, like, those are our kids th- those are our guys yeah uh so yeah funny stuff rupert grant man like that guy should do more stuff yeah he's good um pelton plus- does stuff now and why yeah. not well uh, you know i i gotta i gotta think it's probably really really fucking difficult um like you, you can see i think uh radcliffe especially um even even em watson have done some fairly, you know, quote-unquote risque or, or, you know, very un-Harry Potter-like things to try to shake some of that stigma. But when it comes down to it, they're still Hermione and they're still Harry Potter. Uh And that's kind of rough because, you know, I'm not sure how they're ever going to shake that. You know, Eight movies is a long time, especially watching those kids literally grow up over the course of them. Uh, um, it's going to be tough for them, I think, if they ever want to, you know, get out of that. On the other hand, they've got so much fucking money that, like, it's not really that big of a problem.
1: Yeah, um, I I read a story that uh, Rupert Grant actually took some of his money and bought an ice cream truck. Yeah. And, and, like, to this day still, like, drives around English neighborhoods and gives ice cream to kids for free. Like, which. (laughs) Like, could you imagine your kids just walking in with an ice cream cone? Where'd you get that? Ron Weasley.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley took, he gave me ice cream.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Fucking Ron Weasley. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I guess that's our show for the week. Um, we didn't actually talk about a classic wrestling match this week, which we we told you we would when we didn't do pay-per-views and whatnot, but the show was kind of, uh, we've been off for two weeks, didn't really have a ton of time to record tonight, because Eddie actually has to work tomorrow for some ungodly reason.
0: Yeah, it's because, yeah, and never mind, we don't need to talk about I that. Have to, I
1: have to go back to work uh, on Tuesday for the first time in like nine days, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, next week, we'll come back and, and we will uh, do our synopsis of the Survivor Series screw job and, and talk about that a little bit. Which is, yeah,
0: great match. I'm looking super forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, if you want more Whatevery goodness, go follow us on Twitter at whatevery show.
1: Facebook.com slash show.
0: Email your questions and stuff to questions at whatevery.co. And if you are Reebok, uh, uh, sponsors at whatevery.co. We'll take other
1: sponsors too, but we're, we're looking directly at you, Reebok. I mean, my dance card is always open for you. Yeah. 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 All right, guys,
0: we will see you next week.
1: Have a good one. Oh, wrong thing.